welcome aboard. Welcome to Fishing Without Bait, where we help people practice living a life without definitive expectations. It's not wandering through the woods, bouncing off of trees. It's trying to avoid having definitive results for our future. We do the footwork and then we let that determine the results. We avoid trying to live up to unrealistic expectations we place upon ourselves or placed upon us by others. And also through full impact mindfulness, exploding into your life, recreating yourself. We're looking for people who want to create themselves rather than find themselves. Uh, greetings, my friends. My name is Jim Ellermeyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist. And today, as always, I'm joined by my good friend, co-host and producer of this program, Mr. Mike. Hello, friend. <laughs> so, Mike, we always talk about the wishing, the hoping, the waiting for something to happen. We talk about the magic ingredient, if there's any magic in behavioral changes, action, and effort. Absolutely. Are we going to... Uh, get our boyish figures back by sitting here on the couch? No, no, and, and eating all the Dunkin' Donuts. No, that's not what's going to happen. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. It's going to take action and effort. It's going to take motivation. It's going to take making choices. So, friends, what we're going to talk about today is the last three steps in 12-step recovery. And again, I offer the disclaimer that I do not represent nor mean to convey any message of any organization of 12-step recovery. These are only my own observations, things that have worked in my own life through my years in 12-step recovery. So, Mike, the last three steps are called maintenance steps. You buy a new car. Everything is real nice. You have it all fixed up. However, if you don't maintain it, what happens? It, it, it falls apart. It rusts. It, it, it stops eventually. If you don't clean your car out, it gets smelly. And if you don't change the oil in your car? Again, it stops. Mm -hmm. It stops. So as for listeners of this program, we often talk about action and effort and recoveries like paddling a canoe upstream. As long as you're paddling, you're moving forward. Maybe slowly, however you're moving. When you stop paddling, do you stay in one place, Mike? No, you go with the flow. You go backwards, yeah. correct? So what we're talking about is now that we have some traction by working through those first three steps, which are the commitment steps, we work through steps four through nine, which are the action steps. Now we have that traction. We want to maintain it. So step 10, Mike says, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. What that means is at night, we make an evaluation of our day. Where have I been selfish? Where have I been dishonest? Where have I been self-centered? And we look at that, not to beat ourselves up or bring about guilt or remorse. And then we make an intention to make things right or make an amends with a person. Place, situation that perhaps we, we offended. Perhaps we were wrong. So again, let's take in a mini inventory at night. How many people actually do that? Probably not a whole lot. People just are, are tired and, and just want to go to sleep. So it's not only thinking about, gee, what did I do wrong? It's just as important to review that day and say, what did I do right? That's even more important. What did I do right? We often talk about this reverse chain analysis, you and I, that usually what happens is we look for negative outcomes 
go back through those chain of events very, very carefully and find out how that negative event happened. We rarely, if ever, look at a positive outcome and go back through that chain of events and find out the people, places, things, circumstances that caused that positive outcome to appear and add to and reinforce the things that work. How many times were you called into the principal's office, Mike, to say how good of a job you did? And could you share that with others, how you did it? Yeah, I'd love to know, right? (laughs) How many times when you worked for an employer, did the employer gather everyone together maybe once a week and say, here's what's going right and here's how we did it. Let's add to and reinforce that. Good job, guys. Let's go back through the things that work. How did that, how did that good stuff happen? And you, and you need that positive reinforcement so much because the negative has a heavier weight to it. It's, so, it's, the, it's the thing that sticks in your head. It's the thing that you're going to hang on you know, that, 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 that's going to make things worse and potentially lead to a spiral. So if someone comes to your desk and let's say you were at work and they say, uh, Mike, uh, Mr. X wants to see you in his office. What's going through your mind? What did I do? Oh, no. What did I do wrong? Right. Or someone calls you on a phone, maybe a partner of, of someone you respect calls you and they say, Mike, do you have something to tell me? How does that feel? It, it 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 feels like you've gotten caught. It feels like you're you're you've gotten you're 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 in, you're in trouble. Yes. What did I do? What did you I do? Only wrong? expect the worst. Mm-hmm. So generally, parents correct their children. Do they not? How often do they tell them what's right about them when they do something right? They not only tell them. Oh, I'm so proud of you. They tell them why. They give them bullet points behind it. They add depth to conversations. It's just as important that to spend a few moments every day at the end of the day saying, here's what I did right. Didn't that be amazing? It would be so great. So I would suggest that you could begin to incorporate that in your life. Now, step 11 is one of the most widely used uh, steps and widely spoken of and discussed in 12-step recovery. And it's sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with the Creator, with God, as we understand God. Praying only for the knowledge of God's will and the power to carry that out. So we take silent reflection through prayer. We do some meditation We improve our conscious contact with God. We improve our conscious contact with the universe. Understand that we're connected. We're connected with everything. Um, so, hum. I am that. And we pray, and praying is talking to a friend. We accept what what is the right thing to do. What's God's will? It's the next right thing. It's the right thing to do. And how am I going to get the strength, the motivation? Where am I going to get that voice, the power to choose to carry that out? This is this is a connection. This is this very important, very important. Those silent moments. How many silent moments do people have in their life, Mike? Certainly not enough. And is that a choice? It, it's a choice to ignore that, to allow your life to not give you room for it. So there's usually so much chatter going on in our head, or we're trying to think of things that I don't have or things that I want to do, that creation could be happening in the corner and you would have no idea that it was happening. 
This is what we're talking about meditation. This is what we're talking about. Paying attention on purpose, which is the base definition of mindfulness. It's when we're present and aware with our eyes wide open that the creator, the universe, whatever, will put people, places, things, circumstances, and events in your life that if you're there to witness them, they'll have some meaning for you, Mike. When we, when, when you walk through your town, you walk through where we're at in Pittsburgh, or you're going through an airport, you spend some time walking through airports, how many people do you think are actually presence. They're thinking, well, I can tell you, I'm thinking about my next flight, where I need to be, where, you know, picking up my rental car. Uh, did I get that reservation right for where I'm going? Like, uh, what kind of seat am I going to get? What kind of neighbor am I going to get on the next flight? It, it, like, there's too, there's too much going on there. Do I have time to grab a bite to eat? Right. And you're in a you're in a sea of humanity. Yes. There are many people there. How many people actually sit there and ponder that and maybe try to connect and see all that and feel all that vibe, all that energy that's in that particular area? So so, so often when traveling, I find myself with the realization of being alone in a mass of humanity. So when we're a yes, so you've being alone in a mass of humanity. Say more about that. Despite all the people and the energy and the humans around you, you still are closed off to them because they're all strangers and they're all again similarly. I don't want to say forward-minded to the next task. I guess um, you know trying to get to the next part of the airport or, or something like that. And then I'm the same thing when I have 20 minutes to get to my next flight and it's across an airport that I've never been before and I'm trying to figure out if I can get there in time. So people tend to be a hindrance, a distraction, mm-hmm. an annoyance. Mm-hmm. How many how many annoyed people do you see walking through the airport? Well, oh, plenty of them. Not, not a lot of them like to be where they're at. Although I, I, as I had a conversation on one of my last flights coming back, uh, we say, well, at least it's not the Greyhound. <laughs> we so, have to deal with each other for the next hour instead of the next 16 to uh, get where we're going. We seek, we take action and effort through prayer, which is talking to a friend, a connection and meditation, some quiet time with our mind, being present to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand God. God is such an overused term. Whatever it means to you, praying. Praying to me means being open, being able to listen for the knowledge of God's will, which is the next right thing, and the power, the ability to be comfortable with the sound of your own voice, to carry intentions and to choose to carry that out. Now, 12 says having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. So the purpose of 12-step recovery, of course, is behavioral change, but to have that spiritual awakening, to blossom, to be present, to be aware, to know that you're connected, perhaps not to feel that ultimate loneliness, loneliness like no, no other people feel. As a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others. Carrying this message, that's what we talk about. When you and I, when we would go over the time traveling exercise, 
We turn that past into experience and wisdom, not only to help yourself, to help others. One of the best ways to get out of your own problems, out of your own head, out of your own anxiety, out of your own depression, is to work with another person, to connect with another human being, to show them what works in your life, not to tell them what to do. And here's the real deal. Practice these principles in all of our affairs. Not just while we're on the show here talking about these wonderful ideas. It's when we walk out into the street. It's when we're in somebody's home. It's when we're by ourselves. We're having interactions over the phone. Maybe dealing with that person that's nasty, Mike. Practice these principles in all our affairs. Do you talk the talk or do you walk the walk? Sometimes I think that uh, and I've used this before, probably anyone's not offended, that sometimes I think that inside 12-step recovery rooms, there is a box of halos. And when you walk in, you put the halo on. And when you leave the room, you take the halo off and you put it back in the box. And then you can go do as you choose outside. Practice these principles in all our affairs. You and I often talk about modeling behavior. Are you going to be the deal? Okay, remember, we're not the message, we're the messenger, all right? So the purpose of this is to have a spiritual awakening, to be woke up, like the Buddha says, I am awake, to be present, to be aware, eyes wide open. We carry this message. And in order to carry a message, we have to have one, do we not? We don't want to carry the mess. We know all about that. I think too many people... You ever hear somebody that all they want to do is complain about their life? About it? Yes. There's so much negativity they're carrying with them, and they just, just want to tell everybody about it. How poorly they've been mistreated, or how the world's given them a bad deck of cards. Okay? And they're not carrying the message. They're carrying the mess. The purpose of these action steps is to identify the mess and get rid of it so that you do have a message to carry, a message of hope. Everyone can carry a message of hope. Everyone can turn their past into experience and wisdom. If you can't tell somebody what to do, Micro suggests that, you certainly can tell them what not to do. How much, how much in your world in your video producing, podcasting, production world, have you learned what not to do? Several years of what not to do. Yes. And the idea is, is that do we learn from them? Do we learn what not to do? Do we find out things that don't work? So my hope is that everyone out there has, if you haven't listened to the previous podcasts on 12-step recovery, behavioral change through 12-step recovery techniques, taking that action and effort, our suggestion is that you take a look at that. How did your way work, my friends? How did your way work? So if anyone has any helpful comments or criticisms, please feel free to talk to our producer, contact the show. And if you have a recovery story of your own that you'd like to share with other people. Um, you might want to go back a few episodes and listen to our good friend, Miss Emily, talking about her recovery story, which I certainly believe was very powerful. I hope you were listening to that and were moved into maybe making some changes in your own life. And at the end of every podcast, we offer a free prescription. Fruits, nuts, and vegetables. Unplug your television. And we suggest that you take up fishing. 
And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. And if you would like a further explanation of that, please listen to this show. Forgive yourself. Forgive another. Do a kindness for yourself. Do a kindness for another. Till all are free, none are free. Namaste, my friends. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.